0: So what I want to do today is I want to talk to us about finishing what God has started. How many of you know that God, when he starts a good work in you, that he will complete it? He will complete the work and he will finish the work and he will do what he says he's going to do. How many of you agree with that today? And I want to talk about finishing today. When I was uh, in high school and I played sports, one of the things that we did in our, in our uh, football games is we used to, when it got to be the fourth quarter of the game, the last quarter of the game, we would oftentimes hold up four fingers like this and walk down the sidelines. You've ever seen a, a team do that in the, in the fourth quarter of the game? And basically what that meant was, hey... It's the fourth quarter, and we're going to finish, and we're going to finish well. You know what? We may be losing in the third quarter, but we're going to be here, and we're going to show up in the fourth quarter, and we're going to finish, and we're going to do something great. It's awesome to start something, but it's incredible to finish it. You know, sometimes I love to start, you know, maybe cutting grass or building something. Anybody like to start a project? But there's nothing like finishing cutting the lawn not just starting but finishing it. I'm talking about the whole nine yards the edging the leaves off the grass the weeds out of the beds and just kind of kicking back and and looking at the handiwork and the amazing thing that you accomplish right but it takes a lot of discipline in order to finish something lots of people start few people finish But I want you to know today that God is into us remaining faithful and finishing everything that he starts in us. He don't want us just to start. And I think sometimes we as a church are good at helping people start their journey. But sometimes, you know, we fail at helping them finish their journey. Because life happens a lot, doesn't it? And people get on fire. You ever met those people that come to church for two or three weeks And they're like, man, you know what, this is awesome, this is incredible, this is phenomenal, and it should be, right? They should experience those things. But then when they go back out into the world after about six weeks and something happens in their life, they're like, well, I don't know how this is really working. I want you to know if you'll stay consistent and you'll stay faithful. And you'll walk the walk with God. God will do what he says he's going to do. He's going to see you through whatever season you need to go through. And on the other side, he is going to do amazing things in your life. So can we agree today to make the most of the time we have left while we still have it? If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to invite you to open it up to the book of Second Timothy. And basically, the writer here is writing a young leader. And he's basically writing this young leader, and he's reminding the leader that God has started something in him, but he needs to remain faithful for God to finish what he started. And he wanted him to remain faithful, and he wanted him to to, uh, not just play the first half, but he wanted him to play the second half and finish and finish well. One of my prayers as a pastor, as a church leader, is this, that everybody that... That comes in my sphere of influence. That they don't just start the Christian journey. That they end up in a place when they meet God that day that he returns. And they hear Jesus say this word to them. That's my girl. That's my boy. You finished well. You were faithful. You did what you were designed to do. Come on in to my kingdom and experience everything I have in store for you. My desire is for you to hear from Jesus well done, my good and faithful servant, my great, great uh, steward. And I so desire to see people finish and finish, finish well. You know, I was thinking a little bit earlier before I kind of jump into this passage. You know, at the resurrection, uh, that's kind of where life starts for those who believe in the resurrection of Jesus. And we oftentimes celebrate the resurrection, don't we? I mean, I think it's pretty awesome to celebrate the resurrection, don't you? Because that means death was defeated, Jesus ascended, and there's a future for us. But here's the interesting thing, is a lot of the New Testament writers, they don't just celebrate the resurrection, they look forward to the return of Christ. And when you read the New Testament, understand that many of those letters and many of those things written down are after the resurrection, after the ascension of Christ, and the writers are reminding the church to live for the return of Christ. And so I think sometimes, I think of the resurrection is is halftime. But let's celebrate the resurrection, but let's keep playing the game. Because, you know what, it was halftime at the resurrection, but my Bible says that Jesus is going to come in the fullness of time. He is going to return, and he is going to do what he says he's going to do. We're living in the second half, man. We're living beyond the cross. The enemy's defeated. Jesus is already running up the score. But let's not live like defeated people. Let's live like Jesus is going to return. And let's live like, you know what, that, that we still have some, some audacity in our veins, some heart in our life, and believe that God wants to do amazing things. And there is a kingdom that is still yet to come and be developed. It's going to be amazing. So, so I don't want you just to live for now. I want you to live for eternal things. I want you to see beyond where you are. And I think that many of the New Testament writers, as you write these young leaders, are like, you know what, just kind of endure some of the daily things. And when you endure those daily things, you're going to be able to see God do amazing things. Make the most of every opportunity you have. Make the most of the time that you have while there's time still on the clock. 2 Timothy chapter 4. As the writer writes this young leader, he says this. He says, "I, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. He's speaking to the second coming of Christ. He knows that Christ has come once, but he's speaking to it when he comes again. He says, here's what I need you to do. He says, he says preach the word of God, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. He says, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage people with good teaching. Come on, with good teaching. Yeah, yeah. With good yeah. teaching. Yeah. And, and I think that's the call on a pastor's life or anyone that holds a microphone. Is to teach some good stuff. Right. To teach some kingdom stuff. Amen. To teach some things about, about eternity. He says, for, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to the sound and wholesome teaching." They will follow their own desires, and they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. And and again, this is not saying don't be attractive with your church or your teaching. It's simply saying this: be, be attractive, be contagious, but also be consistent. Because see, church should be the most contagious place on the planet. He's not saying don't be attractive. He's saying he's not saying don't be cultural. He's not saying, look, uh, don't do things that that help people step step out out of darkness into the wonderful light. He's saying be contagious and be consistent. In other words, don't waver. Don't just be about being contagious. Be consistent with what you're saying, but don't just be consistent without being contagious. And, you know, what I think a lot of times churches do is they become contagious, but they don't become consistent. And then other times churches become consistent, but they don't become contagious. And I think it's both and. It's doing it all at the same time, consistently teach people how to do life as God would tell them to do life, but also be contagious and help people step into into this amazing journey. He says they will follow their own desires and they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. He says, but you, Timothy, he says you you, you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Otherwise, don't get get fogged up by that stuff. You keep a a sound mind, a, a clear mind. Remember why you are doing this. Stay faithful. Remember that Christ is going to return and set up his kingdom. He goes on to say this. He says, Don't be afraid for suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, he says, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. He says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have remained faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, Are you faithful? Look at him and say, Are you faithful? He says, I have remained faithful, and now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me. Pay close attention. Look at your neighbor and say, it wasn't just for that rider. Tell him it's for me too. Look, he says, and the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing, who eagerly look forward to his appearing, who who are continually awaiting Jesus to return, who, who cannot wait or live with anticipation. He says, man, he says, that crown, that time is going to be amazing for those who cannot wait who wake up every day living life and they're looking into life like like it's Christmas morning every single day of their life like a little kid saying, Man, I can't wait. I can't wait for the return of Christ. But you know what? I'm going to be contagious and I'm going to be consistent until he returns. I'm going to walk the walk. I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to be consistent in everything I do because I want to be somebody that makes a difference in this world because I cannot wait to that day when Christ returns I can tell you whenever life gets hard and life gets difficult I kind of think back to the days in high school when we would do this right here it's fourth quarter and I'm learning this as I even grow older you know I may not be the most talented person in the world but I can be faithful I can be faithful in what God has called me to do. And I can stay as long as I need to stay. If you will make a commitment that you will be faithful to be who God has called you to be, you'll be faithful to God, you'll believe God, you'll trust God, and you will stay consistent. Can I tell you something? You can outlast a whole lot of problems. But sometimes problems come our way and they defeat us, don't they? But I need you to know today that in the end, if you will remain faithful, Paul tells young Timothy remain faithful in your calling, remain faithful and who I have designed you to do. Don't you quit. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you pull over to the side. Remain faithful. Timothy, while there is time still on the clock, remain faithful because there will be a day when Jesus is going to return and he is going to look into the pupils of your eye and he is going to look and he's going to say, what did you do with what I placed in your hands? And either you will hear Well done, my good and faithful servant, or you will hear. Come on in and enter my kingdom. However, there is great loss for you because you weren't faithful. See, believing in the resurrection is what starts the journey. But remaining faithful in the journey is where you experience all the things that God has for you in all eternity. And so God doesn't call you just to start the Christian life. God calls us to finish the Christian life. And again, sometimes the most difficult thing to do is to finish. Starting the journey, again, in my brokenness, I can start something, right? I'm like, nothing's working, man. Let me start something new. I mean, the grass needs cutting. It's high and there's there's rattlesnakes crawling through my backyard. I, I need to start cutting the grass. But after a couple of laps and I start sweating, my, my temperature starts rising and the sun starts beating down on my, my back, you know, I, I sometimes may not want to finish because I get tired and I can't endure and I want to maybe just sit down and, and quit and say, well, that's good enough. And as Pastor Tim talked today early on, you know what, that, that's what the enemy wants you to do. The enemy wants you to settle. He wants you to settle like that's good enough. And I need you to know, that believing in Jesus and his resurrection is not good enough. It is good enough to get you in the kingdom. However, remaining faithful, I'm speaking to you who are believers in Jesus Christ, remaining faithful and finishing well should be your goal. It is second half. It is the fourth quarter. Will you hold up four fingers and say, I can remain, I can endure, I can push through, I can make it happen, I can believe that God is going to see me through all the way to the end if I will remain faithful to him. Remaining faithful means I totally trust you. I totally trust in who you are, and I totally trust in the calling you have placed on my life, and I totally trust in what my assignment here is on the planet. So I want to talk for the next few minutes about, about how to remain faithful, how to, how to finish and how to finish well. And I wrote down a couple of things, you know what, out of this passage because, you know, and, and first and foremost is, is to remember this, is, is to stay focused, to stay focused. Look at your neighbor and say, how's your vision? I'm not talking about their physical vision, but, but their eternal vision. Because you got to stay focused. you got to fa- stay focused. I- I'll tell you right now, good things will stalemate the great thing that God wants to do in your life. Yeah. And oftentimes, you know what, we, we kind of become stalemated because we see a good thing right in front of us and God wants to move us past the good thing and do a greater thing in eternal things in our heart and our life, but we let the good thing stalemate us. And so I can't just focus on what I have today. I can't just focus on the problems I have today nor the successes I have today. I have to focus on eternal things. I have to focus on, you know what, what is in the end run. I have to focus, you know, on on that day when Jesus returns. And I'm a full believer in this. I believe that the day that Jesus returns is going to be, just this incredible, incredible opportunity to stand before the One that I have put my faith in for my salvation, for for my assignment here on Earth, and I will be able to look Him in the eye, and He looks me in the eye, and He says, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." When I wake up and I feel defeated in life, I look forward to that day, and I remember I'm going to remain faithful no matter what the cost. And again, I think we we fall on on, on, on both sides of the same coin. Sometimes, you know, we have so much pressure in life that we don't remain faithful. We're like, man, you know, this is just too hard. I'm going to quit. I'm going to sit down. Then other times we have too much success in our life. And we're like, you know, I've gone far enough. This is, this is good enough for me and my family. You know I mean, I send my kids to a school and I do all these great things. And, you know, we do have a new car and a new house. And it's pretty awesome. we got three meals a day and we even eat snacks at my house. So, you know, I, I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, that's where a lot of people get. They can become complacent with success or they become paralyzed by their failure. And really what God is saying is stay focused. Stay in the center of the tension of what's going on in the world. Remember, it rains on the just and the unjust, and it's about staying faithful to God and His plan in that final day. And, man, I love how much these New Testament writers talk about the return of Christ. I I think sometimes the, the church lives for the cross, which I think is pretty awesome, But you need to look back at the cross and realize that we live in a period when Jesus is going to return and it is going to be amazing and we got to tell everybody about this day. Anticipate, expect, you know, maybe you'll come back tomorrow. Maybe we'll miss the meal tonight. I mean, maybe, you know what, I won't have to pay the light bill tomorrow. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? If he returned and I didn't have to pay the bill. So look forward to the return. Focus. If you really want to remain faithful, it's all about focus. It's all about having a vision. That's why the wisdom writer wrote in the book of Proverbs, where there is no vision, people waste away. People cast off all restraint. They they run wild is what the writer says. They're like unbridled horses. And they have no vision and they run at life recklessly. And And when you run at life recklessly and you don't have a target to run after or a day to run after or an end zone to run after, guess what? You never finish and you never finish well. You just wear yourself out. So where there is no vision, the people perish. And God's desire is for none of us to perish. For none of us to waste away. God's desire is for all of us to discover who Christ Jesus is, what he has already done, what he wants to do now, and what he will do in the future. But you've got to stay focused on these eternal things. Number two is this. I wrote it down this way in my journal, and you may want to write this down too, is, is I don't only need to stay focused, I've got I to have discipline. Look at your neighbor and say, how's your discipline? How's your discipline? See, discipline is an amazing, amazing thing because discipline will help you be consistent. Discipline will begin to uh, help you do the small things so you're ready for the big moment. And so many, when you do the small things, you'll be ready for the big moment. But what happens a lot of times is, is people want the big moment without being consistent in the small things. But I can tell you right now, when the big moment arrives in your life and you haven't been disciplined in the small things along life's journey, you're going to miss the moment. And they are moments. The good news is, is God does give you sometimes more than one moment. But learn your lesson that, you know what, I wasn't disciplined before and now I want the disciplines to follow who God is in my life. And I want to be ready because when God sends the moment, I have spent the minutes getting ready for the moment and I can be ready in season as the writer writes or out of season. It doesn't matter when the moment comes because I've been living life on purpose in the minutes every single day. And when the moment arrives, I'm ready to step into the moment. Discipline helps you get ready for the moment. And my friend, many of you feel like, well, all the moments in life have passed me by. And I want to declare this to you. Get discipline. Because if you are still sucking air into your lungs, and your heart is still beating in your chest, and blood is pumping in your veins, there is still opportunity in front of you to be who god has created you to be and you to walk it out every single day it's about focus it's about discipline so discipline yourself begin to discipline takes courage discipline discipline takes you know what being consistent i i have to be disciplined in my workout routine And again, I'm telling you, man, I'm 52 years old. Do you think I like going to the gym? I don't. But the reason I go to the gym is because I like the way the gym treats me. As I daily discipline myself to go to the gym, I like to feel good when I'm walking around and be ready for for a moment whenever things are happening around me and I don't just give out a breath and, you know, exhaust myself because, because I hadn't been doing the small things all the time. And again, I, I'm telling you, it's the same way. How many, of you, how many of you know people who start like diets and the gym plan at the first of the year? Come on. But no, no matter how many times you start, If you don't have the discipline to finish, you're going to be starting again next year, starting again next year, starting again next year. But here's a great idea. What if you started now and you built on what you started last year, and you built on what you started five years ago, and you built what you started on 10 years ago, and God began to elevate you and do amazing things in and through you so you don't have to keep going back to the starting line, but you are prepared to go to the finish line. See, I believe in this. I believe constant pressure begins to really, really build the disciplines in life for us to, 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 to do what God has designed us to do. And this writer is writing this young leader, and he's saying, listen, I want you to understand, you're going to have pressure. He tells him there's going to be people who are going to say wild and crazy things. There's going to be people who teach crazy things. There's going to be people, young leader, young preacher he's talking to, that's going to draw a bigger crowd than you can draw. However, understand, you should be contagious and draw big crowds too. But when you draw the crowd, make sure you're consistent at teaching them the truth. Because that is the faithful one. That is the one that begins to see great things built. And just drawing a crowd to be a flash in the pan. I mean, you know, I've learned as a church planner, a church leader, um, a a pastor now, that, that we can do a lot of crazy stuff to draw a crowd. I'm serious. I can draw a crowd. I mean, all I got to do is put a keg out front. See, see that's creative. And, and, I, and I just say, hey, free drinks on the house today. And Pastor Tim, I guarantee you that this place will be full of people. And I think that's pretty awesome. Maybe it's a great idea. Maybe we get more people here on Sunday night. (laughs) However, if all we did was draw a crowd with our clever ideas and we weren't consistent about delivering truth into our hearts so that they could become everything that God has created them to be, we would be missing the mark of what God has assigned us to do. We wouldn't be remaining faithful in the mission, developing disciples, helping people rise up, helping people elevate. And so we've got to be contagious, and we've got to be consistent. Remain faithful. Stay in the game. Keep working it. I can draw a crowd. I can put up a display and draw a crowd. I can make a sign and draw a crowd. And drawing a crowd is part of church. You have to be creative. You have to be cultural. You need to get where people are in order to get the crowds and the masses to to begin to come where God is. But on the journey, make no Mistake about it. Remaining faithful is teaching them that it's not about just being a part of the crowd. It's about being a part of the calling and the creator's design for their life and helping them to discover everything about who God has created them to be. Helping them to discover their God assignment. I think it's one of the most incredible things we can ever do for somebody is to help them understand not only who God is, but help them understand who God says that they are. And they begin to live it out. Nothing thrills my heart any better than to see somebody living out who God has designed them to be. Not living out who I am, not living out who somebody else is, but living out who God has designed them to be. And I really think that, you know what, we all need to remain faithful and the way to do that is to stay focused, to stay disciplined. And then the last thing, I wrote down in my journal was this is to have good, good camaraderie that 's what church is all about, camaraderie right i mean yeah, we 're here to celebrate the resurrection of jesus we 're to remind each other you know what the, the, of the return of christ we 're here to encourage and motivate one another but But we just want some comrades. We want some people with us in the battle, some people to celebrate uh, the victories, to talk about the challenges, uh, to get past where we are and keep on going. The writer of this letter, man, he he had a lot of comrades. His name was Paul. And he finishes off the letter, and it's amazing. And I want to read to you what he says at the end of the letter. Because, see, if you want to remain faithful, it's all about having, the right people around you to speak into you. It's all about walking a faithful life, being who God has called you to be, listening to God's voice, but having other people around you to help you move forward. Listen to what he says in 2 Timothy 4, 9 through 14. He says, Timothy, here's what I need you to do. He says, please come as soon as you can. In other words, this is a man writing a letter to a young leader telling him to remain faithful. But, but he's sitting here writing this letter and he's lonely. And he's saying, hey, Timothy, could you just come and be with me and hang with me and let's sit by the fire and let's talk. I need some encouragement, Timothy. Yes, sir. And then he goes on to say this. He says, Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Other words, there was this guy, his name is Demas, and he started the journey with us timothy but, but but he decided he decided that the things in this life were more important than the eternal things God had promised us and he says he went off to Thessalonica and, and he paul didn't say i don't love demas he 's just like Demas began to chase the things that everybody else chases and he didn't remain faithful, but Timothy, you're a faithful servant. You've remained faithful, but this one guy has deserted me. He says, Crescens has gone to Galatia, and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. He says, only Luke right now is with me. And he says, would you bring Mark, a guy he had an argument with. He says, would you bring Mark with you when you come? For he will be helpful to me in my ministry. He says, I have sent Ty- Tychicus to Ephesus. He says, when you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. Do you see how many relational names he mentions in this passage about, uh, uh, about how he's remained faithful? Yeah. In other words, this writer had friends. He gave himself to people and he desired to receive from people. And you know, he, 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 he's very transparent and very honest. He doesn't say, hey, you know, this one guy left the church because, because he, um, uh, he didn't like me. No, he said, he, he's quite frank. He says this one guy left the church because instead of remaining faithful to eternal things, he's chasing worldly things. And he flat out spoke it. Transparent. He would look it in the eye and he would call people for what they were. Can I tell you that's true leadership? True leadership will will call it what it is. And again, not in a mean way, not in a bad way, but in the best way for everybody. And it, it, honestly, this is we were talking yesterday. And this is what I love. I'm not saying, and this is not a political statement, but the office of presidency is a powerful office. Okay, and it is the office that leads our great country. But I can tell you right now, we have a leader in office. And if there's one thing, whether you disagree with what he does or doesn't do, he will make a decision. He will make a decision. And he will call it how he sees it for the betterment of everybody. And I find that fascinating. And I find that honorable, and I find that, here's the deal. Do you know how many things badly are said about our leader? And I pray for our leader daily. Oh, bad things were said about the previous leader too. And I prayed for him. But here's the deal. I pray for our leader daily because of all the horrific things that are said about him, I pray for his courage, I pray for his strength, I pray for his audacity, I pray that he would stand faithful in everything that he does. And that's what makes him a great leader. It's because he doesn't let what they said and what he heard begin to destroy where he is going. He has the audacity to stand firm. He don't care what the news says. He ain't worried about being politically right. He is caring about the betterment of this world and this people. But so many people don't like his leadership because as we were talking the other day, so many people don't know what leadership is. And leadership remains. Leadership stands firm. Leadership focuses. Leadership disciplines themselves. And I'm not saying that our president has made every right decision in, in, uh, in, in his whole entire life. However, I haven't made every right decision in my entire life either. But what I really admire is leadership. And honestly, if you want to be a great leader, You've got to stay focused on the vision that God has given you. You've got to stay disciplined to carry it out. And then what you've got to do is surround yourself with some people who will begin to help build you up and not tear you down. And you begin to listen to the voices of those who are for you and not against you, who will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, and you begin to move forward in your life. That's what it means to have a comrade. Yeah. It means to have somebody that will surround you and again, wisdom begins to listen to that wise counsel. Wisdom begins to say, hey, you know what? I want to finish. I want to finish the race. I want to I do well. And so when this, when this writer is writing these young church leaders, he's not trying to be political. He's not trying to be, you know, um, hey, uh, this person said this and Sally said that. No, no. He just plainly puts it and mentions all of these names. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to stand in this place and I'm, I'm going to remind you that, that I need you, Timothy. Luke is here with me. But, but I have sent some other people off. Some people left bad. Some people left good. However, what I really need is I need some comrades. And see, you've got to have the urgency of the mission. But I invite you to surround yourself with some great comrades. I invite you to begin to really believe that you can be ready in season and out of season to do what God has designed you to do. I love how the Amplified Bible or or puts this in uh, 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. He He tells young Timothy, he says, Preach the word. Be ready when the time is right. And even when it is not, here in parentheses, it basically keep the sense of urgency, whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether it's convenient or inconvenient. He says, whether it is, whether you're welcome or unwelcome, he's basically saying, keep living out who God has designed you to be. And so what I want to remind us of today is the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. None of us are promised tomorrow. However, you know what? We can live today as if the kingdom of God is going to be eternal and we believe in eternal things. And so, make the most of all the time you have. Do all you do to the glory of God. Love God with all of your heart and help other people to discover who God is so that they can discover who they are. And again, it's about leading out. It's about having audacity. It's about remaining. It's about not pulling over to the side. It's about not quitting. It's about living out who God has said for you to be. And and this author of this letter, he's at the end of his life. And he's saying, man, I, I, I I want legacy. I want the legacy of who Jesus is to live on. I want to remind you, Timothy, that he's going to return. And you remind us that you're going to lead, that he's going to return. And so here today, we're still reminding each other that he's going to return. No matter how tough it gets, my friend, he's going to return. Will you remain faithful in a resurrected king and hear these words? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on in. You were my girl, you were my boy. Receive all I have in store for you. That's the desire of our heart here at Barefoot Church. It's not for you just to start the journey, but for you to finish the journey and finish it well. Let me pray for you today. God, you're an amazing God. God, I thank you for letters that remind us to run and run hard at what you've called us after. God, if there's a person here today, man, woman, boy, or girl, that's ready to give up. That's ready to quit. God, I, I pray that their focus could be set on things that are above and not on earthly things. God, I pray that their focus could be set on eternal things and not their current situation. My friend, I know that many of you are going through struggles. I think of the person here today that has that spouse that is struggling with life. And really, man, I I just want to speak of encouragement into that today. And saying, you know, there is going to be a day when there is no more sickness, there is no more pain. There is no more sorrow. And Christ Jesus is going to make all things new. And so understand, remain faithful, have courage, keep walking the walk, keep shining for Jesus. I know it's trying. I know it's difficult. But get some comrades around you who will pray for you, build you up, and help you walk the walk and finish well. You see, I want to pray for that young mother today who's really struggling how she's going to make ends meet. Don't even know tomorrow if she's going to be able to put, put food on her table. Ma'am, I want to speak to you today. I want you to remain faithful. I want you to believe in the resurrection of Christ, that He has started a good work in you. I want you to understand that though the struggle is real and you're having difficult situations, that God is going to build you in the process. And if you stay faithful to Him, He is going to stay faithful to you. And He's going to see you through the struggle that you're in. I want you to know today that having faith in Christ is a faith that works. It's a faith that that not only we say with our mouth but we believe with our heart and God begins to do these amazing things in our heart and our life when we are obedient and we believe Him and trust Him by faith. And I need you to know today that God won't leave you alone. God won't, won't leave you as an orphan. God will embrace you today as a heavenly father and if you've never experienced that before i want you to understand that's what believing in jesus is all about it's about returning to your creator to your great god it's about submitting your life by faith to his amazing gift of grace and i need you to understand that favor that grace that came has a name his name is jesus he came once He died on the cross to forgive you of your sin and me of my sin of missing the mark of God's glorious standard. However, you need to understand he defeated death and resurrected from a grave. And he said that he's going to return and he's going to bring us all together, those of us who believe and trust and begin to follow after him with our heart and our life. So really what we're inviting you into today is is a life that is eternal that has a king has a lord and has a savior and if you've never ever stepped into that maybe right where you sit today no matter how many times you've been in church or haven't been to church maybe you want to say something like this God I'm tired of life the way it is and today God I need you I need you to come into my life tell God God You know what? I have missed the mark of your standard for my life. I have sinned. And tell God that you believe that Jesus, he came and shed his blood and paid a high price to forgive you of your sin. Tell God, thank you for that that gift of grace. I want you to understand that the Bible says that when Jesus died, they put him in a grave. However, three days later, he resurrected. The reason he resurrected is so that you could have life, the kind of life that He desires for you to live. And so tell God from this point forward, you don't only want to be forgiven of your sin, but you want to come underneath His leadership. And you want Him to begin to coach your life, direct your life, and guide your life. My friend, that's what living the Christian life is all about, is allowing God to begin to direct your heart, direct your life with the power of His Spirit. And so tell God today, you receive that. You receive that, you believe that, and from this point forward, you're going to belong to Him. My friend, if you said that prayer in some form or some fashion, I want to say welcome to the family of God. You made an amazing decision. Thank you for stepping in. Now let's encourage one another and finish the race and finish it well. We pray that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise in this place.